Welcome. Welcome to the Better Than Yesterday Everyday Podcast, where we cover anything related to behavior change that will increase your long-term wellness and happiness. Hey, podcast. Hope you're super well. I appreciate you being here. This podcast came from a live that I did on Jeremy's channel, Movies Are Terrible. If you look in the description below, you'll see the link to the video if you want to watch this episode. He is the guy from the My Friend Watches series. We both sat down and he picked my brain when it came to mental fitness. We also talked Marvel movies and I think movies in general, just the concept of what have movies really done for me? How do I view them as compared to before this My Friend Watches series? And it was actually a really good conversation. We got deep at times. We chuckled at times. And I think you're going to get a lot of value out of this. So I really appreciate you being here. Let's dive into it. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you so much for stopping by for a special episode of the Movies Are Terrible live podcast. We normally do this on Thursdays, but when you got special guests like Matt Lane from Matt Lane Fitness in the house, you make it work when you can. Scheduling is 100% what he means. What's up, man? <laughs> I'm glad to be here, man. I'm, I'm very, very glad, glad for, for you to be here. The last time we did anything on this channel was, well, separate from the behind the scenes, but we did some Marvel movie trivia. Yeah. And what we we had yeah we were done with the, with the MCU mm-hmm. yeah 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 and did you know you probably did know that's my number one video is it really on my channel it is that warms my heart a little bit right not from a selfish standpoint but like yeah I don't know what it is man but people like seeing us uh, seeing us talk together which I, is awesome I feel like we have a good dynamic right uh, yeah yeah oh look at that King of the Hills thirty four with the one ninety nine super chat he says so excited Heck hope yeah, this man. is terrible <laughs> you're in good hands sir you are in good hands so yeah I mean tonight we're gonna talk a little bit and I know that you've gone over a bunch of this stuff in your channel and all of that and I'm also sure a lot of these folks know a little bit about your story but I want to talk to you a little bit about mental oh, fitness. Yeah. I also want to talk to you a little bit about movies because <clears throat> we watch a lot of movies together. Yes. I don't think we've ever had the uh, the like in-depth conversation about what movies mean to you, what movies mean to me, all of that kind of stuff. No, I, we have not. I, I did do one video where I talked a, talked a little bit about it on my channel, um, but I like going off the top because I know it's going to come out a little bit different if we talk about it now. For sure. And we got all the time in the world. That's another okay. thing. There's cool. not the crunch of uh, of trying to say everything okay. in 5 to 10 to 15 minutes. Okay. In fact, you're going to be so fucking bored by the time <laughs> this is over with. You're going to tap out. You're going to be like, dude, I'm done. I'm done. I don't know, man. I enjoy being around you. <clears throat> I enjoy being around you. Um. So for those of you guys that, who am I even talking to? You guys know. I met Matt through the My Friend Watches series over on Holden Hardman's channel. Actually, a couple months before that, Holden wanted to kind of get together with a couple of content creators in the area. He brought together myself, Matt, um, uh, uh, anime content creator. Um, I'm such a jerk, too, because I forget who it was. I want to say her name is L. She was a very nice girl. Yeah, I don't I think you're right. have her contact information. We spoke with him for a little bit. We did an escape room together. Yeah. And it was the first one I'd ever done. Yeah. Was it? Uh, no, that was the second one I had done. Yeah. We were so close, dude. Yeah, we were. We were like right there at the last step. Every time I drive by that place, I'm, like, I, I can't live it down. Like, I'm just like, we were so close. <laughs> <laughs> and the owner was super cool. That was yeah, at was. the time that Holden was doing the like Pensacola videos. Yeah. 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 He was doing a series on b- local businesses. And uh, that was that was really fun. Yeah. 
It was. It was kind of a, uh, for me, like one of the first get-togethers of people who were like-minded, kind of on the YouTube grind here exactly. in the area. And uh, I liked you right off the bat. I'm not going to lie. Like, Same. Um, I, I feel like you look at myself and you look at you and... <clears throat> and maybe the first instinct would be like, those guys don't really have a lot in common, and maybe superficially we don't. Okay. Um, I feel like we might, though, underneath the surface of just common interests. I think we have a lot of similarities. I think we really do. I think that, um, I think that we both... I'm going to talk about you, but ultimately talking Please. about us. I think that you're very introspective, and I feel like you have this... This uniqueness about you again that I've seen through your content that is is like this optimistic optimistic cynicism, and I've I've always seen that like through your content. But like getting to know you, you you always just had this little little spark about you that I I was always just drawn to. Like we're like falling in love over here talking about one another. <laughs> but I'm serious. And I had actually told Holden for quite some time because he was in contact with you. Like that's the first time I'd met you, mm -hmm. but I would always ask, like, "Hey, how's Jeremy? Like, are you going to be doing anything with Jeremy?" Like, I was, I was always looking for reasons. To be like, bring that, bring that dude around. I like him. Nice. Uh, yeah. So for yeah. sure. That, that it's interesting. Um, and when you say optimistically cynical, mm -hmm. yeah, I can see the cynical part for sure. But I also know that like I have love for people, and I really like to connect with people, despite the fact that I might have like a little bit of a facade of kind of. Uh, being a little bit of a smart ass yeah, or something like, a, yeah, like that. Is that kind yeah. of the thing that you yeah. key in on? And I think that the big point of that, like the optimistic part, is that you're willing to listen. Like you're not just a dick and like, nah, this is how I feel. Like like you, you have that optimism, which listening is huge. Like that means you're open-minded. For sure. And for you, uh, or for me, in my perspective of you, uh, I, I do feel like we're a little bit kindred spirits in, yep. in certain ways. Um and I also feel like you're the you're the other half of the puzzle that sometimes I feel that I'm missing in my life. And maybe that's why I've been so drawn to you. And maybe it ties into the the mental fitness thing. But I feel like because you are so singularly driven, you've got okay. such a uh, I wouldn't even say it's an optimistic disposition as much as it's just a uh, driven disposition and that's yeah. something that really resonates with me about yes. you and there have been many times that like i've gotten low i mean this this is a very difficult thing sometimes to do content day in and day out yeah i've been able to reach out to you and be like hey man talk me off this fucking ledge and you, you've <laughs> always been really really good about that yeah well i just i mean i think because i can relate and how long five years in now, yeah right yeah you didn't just start uh, in like there's such perspective being five years in as compared to six months in. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it makes total sense. You have such good to give and like, I can feel that off of you. Uh, I, I think that you create fantastic content. I think in Thank the, you. I think in the, my friend watches you bring a certain aspect that is not, it was not there before you got there. Um, and I just, yeah, I, I love the hell out of you. Thank you, man. Yeah. <clears throat> so we're gonna we're gonna switch gears and not be so fucking sappy in here. <laughs> but I want to ask you: Does that is is that a through line in your life? Do you like being able to lift people up like that? Is that where the first of all is that why you got into the the mental fitness aspect of it? 
All right, so since the beginning of time. No. Um, <laughs> Let's start at chapter one, the day you were born. You know what? I'll be point blank honest with you that I, I became a personal trainer and I wanted to build a clientele. And I realized that there were so many, so many guys just like me in tank tops trying to get you to come work out with them. And I shifted to YouTube with the intention to just put out what I know and put out what I'm learning. Okay. Because I mean, I, I didn't see much of that. I just saw beautiful people, perfect people that, you know, and with their shirt off, they, they got, you know, they, they got it all. And I didn't see a lot of people just documenting. I didn't see a lot of people just showing the flaws. And I like, I'm not perfect. I knew that. And I like, I know that that's relatable. So I was like, I'm going to put that out. And it wasn't until two, two and a half years into my business and into to YouTube where I made that shift to mental fitness. But I was spending my wheels, you know, working on YouTube. And I was like, this isn't really quote unquote working, even with patience and all that. Like I, I didn't feel like I was putting true content out. If that makes sense. Like true content as in kind of offering your own personal voice or perspective. I guess it was, I guess it was like, I wanted to put this information out. I wanted to benefit other people, but I think that I was going about it in very just standard ways. And I think that was a, a mix of things, a lack of creativity, but a lack of actual direction. So I, I really took a sit down and I was like, what the hell have I done that's really benefited me with fitness? And it all boiled back down to the mental aspect, every single thing. And then I started looking at my life and every success or failure I've ever had, I was always like, damn, I learned from both the failure and the success. Of course. And I was like, that's all that fitness wellness is. Like it's, you know, fitness is not difficult. The, the consistency part is difficult. A lot of people think you have to do a lot to get in shape. You really don't. Um, what the hell was the question? No, you, you nailed it, man. That, that's exactly what I was kind of digging into. Yeah. And, um, first of all, shout out to Random Andy's channel for the $2 super chat. He says, be more terrible than yesterday. Every day. <laughs> really appreciate that, appreciate Andy. You, We're Random always Andy. glad to see you in the, uh, in the chat. Appreciate you, brother. One of our mods. Uh, and you're just such an active part of the community. Yeah, and you we really are. really do appreciate that. Um, He's been putting out... I don't know if you've noticed, he's been putting out a crap load of content. I saw he did a live stream the other day. Yeah. Yeah. He's been putting fantastic. out a Fantastic. That's mm -hmm. awesome. It's it's really cool to see um, what any of us are doing, whether it yeah. was you, any anybody that's a core member of the group, to see them um, see what we're doing and just decide, like, wow, this is something that I love. This is something that I'm passionate about. Maybe I can offer my perspective. Absolutely. And so when I think about mental fitness I um, I guess I look at happiness, how you can achieve a state of of happiness. Is that what you would say that the end goal is in mental fitness? The, the way I view mental fitness ultimately is, yes, combined with the fitness aspect, but ultimately what we're talking about is like this mental fortitude or honestly achieving more of your potential. Uh, I mean, you can say the grit or the toughness to work out and all that. That's cool. But when you're six months in and having the ability to continue doing it once you haven't either gained the muscle or lost the weight or whatever you're working on, do you have that mental fortitude to continue Yeah. and understand that the perspective that lies in that is this is a long game. So a little bit at a time, so a little bit each day adds up so much better over the course of time rather than going hardcore 
for three days and burning out for the next six months. God, and that can apply to everything. It, it does. And it's uh, ultimately what I'm talking about with mental fitness is tapping into your true potential that can ever evolve to, to develop you to being a better human being. All right, so if we're looking at it in terms of, and obviously these things are so uh, inextricably linked that you can't have one without the other, but would you say, not which is more important, but which one's harder to achieve, mental fitness or physical fitness? Mental fitness. Really? Yeah. Okay, Thousand percent. Expand. Because you go to the gym, you have a plan, you go to the gym, it's on paper, you know you have to, you know, you got to do cardio for X amount of time, or you got to lift weights for X, X amount of time. You're going to do that for about an hour or 30 minutes or what the hell ever, a handful of times a week. Your brain's with you 24-7. You are only sleeping with yourself yes. at night. You've yes. got to sleep with yourself because that's the one thing that never leaves you. Exactly. Uh, in my own fitness journey, in my own wellness journey, if I had a dollar for every single time that I've been like, I need to tweak my programming, I need to do this, or I need to start doing it in a different way, the amount of times that I have sabotaged myself through a lack of confidence or whatever – that has always been the toughest part. And the the point here is this, that if you can if you can work on the mental fitness aspect, the physical piece will follow. A person that sound of mind can Absolutely. go and pursue the things that that will make your your physical form better. Exactly. Because if you like let's just take the the physical portion because that's very tangible. If you go to the gym to start working out to look better, you will not continue to do that. You you can probably get in good shape. Yeah. I've seen people do it, get in great shape and all that, but they fall off at some point. Okay. Because there is not something underneath it as a real reason as to why you're going to do it. There's not a driving force. So if it's not um if it's not a vanity thing, what is that thing? And first of all, I don't want to shout. I don't want to burn vanity down. I'm I'm vain as well. Well, like, I, yeah, every, sure. Everyone wants to look good naked. If you say you don't, you're a liar. But what was the question? No, that's it. I just wanted to hear you say that you look good naked. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> no, but seriously, like if it's not about vanity, what is the the ultimate driving force? Like literally just being in shape? For me it was for me it was uh, a very unique situation. Uh, I was 19, I got I was not assaulted, but I got in an altercation in a parking lot. Then very the very next day I was like I'll never be powerless again. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting and relatable. I've I've been in situations yeah. like that before. I, I I said there I would never be that powerless again. Uh, 130 pounds soaking wet. Uh, had my glasses and flip flops on and just totally unaware. Yeah. Totally unaware. And in eight months I had put on like 35 pounds and not all of it was muscle, but a good portion. You know, at least maybe 15 pounds was was muscle. Have you found those fuckers? <laughs> no. But here's the beautiful thing. Here's the beautiful thing. I wanted, I did, I did react in a negative way at that time. I wish that I could see them again and go through the same situation again. I would have reacted like such a different human being. I believe that. Um, and that's like, that's where, that's where the proof in the pudding really is, is that it, like, there's such an evolution for, for me, my body changed in eight months, but for 11 years now, my mind has changed mm. drastically. Sure. Now maybe that's just getting older and ex it's ex experiencing things, but, um, Sort of to tag on to that, I became a nurse and started working in an ICU setting and saw 80% of the patients that I saw, the tubes down their throat, breathing for them, they're on life support. 80% of them, it was self-induced issues. Yeah. And yeah. 
I started wondering, was I helping or hurting this healthcare system? Was I assisting in this psychosis? Um, no shade to anybody that, that is unaware that, you know, if they were of that 80%, no shade, because a lot of people aren't even aware. Yeah, right, right. They, they listen to their doctor and that's it. That's, that's law. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, healthcare is not proactive. It is reactive most primary care physicians unless there's something wrong with you you're good to go until there is it's the way the system's set up sure. it's not the doctor's fault it's sure. not the nurse's fault it's not it's nobody's fault it's the system and what it is wellness fitness is proactive it's more difficult it's not sexy nobody likes it it's easier to go and take the pill it's easier to go get the scan it's so much more difficult to wake up in the morning and do what you're not being asked or forced to do yeah Mm -hmm. But that's where the evolution is. Yeah, that's that's really good insight. Uh, Jim loves art. One ninety nine super chat. What's up? You man? guys are the best. What's up? You man? are the best, sir. Thank you very much for stopping by. And then also five dollars from the controversy. My brother Ian Elliot Carter over there at the YouTube channel Controversy. He Heck says, yeah. "Why hasn't this man watched anything? Who raised you? Much love." Well, I, we're going to talk about that. I, you know what? It's so funny that you asked that. And you know, I like I I hear that comment. Not one shred of me is upset. I am like, I get it. I fully understand that comment. Like, totally valid. Yeah. Totally valid. I, I, my parents had me late in life. My mom was 40 when she had me. But I don't think that can even be an excuse. Like, they just, they were never really into movies, you know? My folks either, which is interesting yeah. because we fell on such different sides of, of the spectrum there. Yeah. But one thing I wanted to ask before we do switch gears into movies, I feel like this is this is related in a way that oftentimes people don't think about, but we need to broaden the definition of the word nerd, right? Like, what is a nerd? Somebody that obsesses over math, somebody that obsesses over science, somebody that obsesses over movies, probably somebody that obsesses over mental fitness, the beautiful thing is back in the day, like back in the day, being a nerd was awful. Now being a nerd is awesome. Yeah. You know, I think like you can apply nerding out to almost anything. I yes. nerd the hell out when I talk to someone about, you know, like if I ever run across somebody and I see their physical transformation, I'll be like, hey, you look fantastic. Like, what have you been doing right there? When they start talking about what they've been doing, I start nerding the hell out because I like I want to know like that's my that's my area. That's my thing. So. The beautiful thing is I don't I think it's very uh subjective. I don't think it's I don't think it's objective. I think it's by uh I think it's in the eye of the beholder. So, all right, let's let's kind of switch gears and and talk about that. When when you started doing this thing, I think the objective was to show you things that were universally at least thought to universally be loved. The yep. idea was, let's show him this thing that I love and yep. hopes that he loves it. Yeah. When you were introduced to things in that way, did it shade your perspective going into it? When you say shade, how do you mean? Did it affect you in a positive or a negative? Did it give you certain expectations? Did you feel like people's uh, opinions were being thrust onto you? I don't think so. I think there were a few times in the MCU when it was, I mean, come on, you guys know it's the MCU. Like it was hyped up. It was like comments were crazy. Like it was, there was a lot of attention around that series at that time. Mm -hmm. So I think that there might've been a little bit over stimulus and I was hearing a lot of it at, at that time. So it might've affected it a little bit, but I, I, I do, I, I'm, I'm very fortunate uh, because I, I have, uh, I've been able to build my self-confidence to the point where 
I don't care what people think to an extent. I, I think that I don't think anybody can say I don't care what anybody thinks fully. Yeah, sure. But sure. um, I I feel like I I have a really good grasp on my self confidence to know that whoever says whatever in the comments like it, it it doesn't really hit me. So when I react with my natural reaction, I I don't have a fear of what whoever loves it thinks. So anyway, I say that to say I was able to go into it extremely objective and with the the lens of all right millions of people love whatever this is i don't understand it from what i've seen i could give a crap but the the thing that piqued my interest is understanding that so many people loved it for some sort of reason for me the mental fitness aspect the twisted side of me wanted to see what it was that everybody loved so much to me it was like even if i don't like this I'll be able to almost speak a different language. Sure. I'll be able to yeah. understand this different language. So to me, the next movie was just the ability to understand more of this language. What do you think, man? What is it about these movies that resonate with with people so broadly? Like at now that you've seen a shitload of them, what is it that is grabbing people on such a deep and emotional level? You talking about super this MCU specifically? Star Wars MCU specifically. I have learned through becoming a creator that storytelling is huge. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't know, I didn't give a damn about movies before all this. I thought movies were a waste of time. Like you said, I, I, I might put off that vibe that I'm a driven person that, you know, there are, there are many things that I want to do. I want to accomplish. I want to benefit people, blah, 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 blah. Having said that, I looked at movies as a waste of time and taking away from the things I need to be doing, uh, you know, working with clients and making content mm -hmm. and trying to build a business and blah, blah, blah. But Dude, that's very relatable, by the way. Like, yeah. I feel that way when I play video games yeah. sometimes. So go ahead. You're a total piece of shit for playing video games. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, like, yeah, because, no, I really do feel that. Like, I have a friend of mine. I play, I play, um, see, I don't even know what the damn game Call is. Call of Duty? Yes. Is that right? Warzone. Yeah. Okay. I play Warzone with him once in a blue moon. And there are times where I'm like, I should not be, I should not be doing this shit. Mm -hmm. I should, I should not, I feel literal guilt. Yeah. And um, anyway, that's not correct because I know there's got to be downtime, blah, blah, blah. Having said that, there's a sense of community mm -hmm. with these movies, no matter how obscure the movies are, as you've shown me, uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, or how grand they are. The MCU I have to speak to the most because that's what really shifted my opinions on movies, that movies, I feel can change the tide of humanity as ridiculous wow. as ridiculous and holy crap you're taking it way too far up here i truly believe it i i you know there were movies in the mcu that changed my mind about movies as a whole like i find so much value in movies now that like i can draw from it and almost make it a piece of me if that makes sense yeah and i think i think that's what everybody that that group of people that we're talking about i feel like in the fandom community it's almost like uh it's almost like a religious experience yeah. for a lot of these people it's this collective experiencing of something that they can all shift their focus to something bigger and they can all kind of come together and just celebrate this thing, and you know, I, I have to imagine a large part of that is just based on nostalgia. As you said, you didn't grow up watching movies, it was later in life, yes. so you don't have that kind of 
sentimental attachment, which for better or worse can very much skew the way that you receive information. And I had brought that up. I, you know, I, I asked the question, especially with Star Wars, because I to this day don't like Star Wars, that I wondered, especially with Star Wars and how, you know, how many decades that's been going on. Did all these people love Star Wars because Star Wars was just so badass with the lightsabers and everything? Or was it, I watched it with my dad when I was six years yes. old, and now that I'm 28, like, I remember that. I have, I don't, I might not realize it, but subconsciously I have that connection of that happy time with my dad or whatever. Now knowing, maybe that did play a part for some people. However, they just love Star Wars for whatever reason. Maybe they thought, you know, Darth Maul, like myself, I thought Darth Maul was pretty rad. Darth Maul was fucking bad. Darth Maul was rad. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe they just thought it was rad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, but you're right, that 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 collective piece. And I think... If any of you guys of wonder you. why I keep looking at my phone, there are multiple reasons. I want to make sure I catch your guys' super chat. And I'm also trying to log in so that I have the couple of questions that I was going to... Well, go ahead. I'll... I'll uh, you got a vamp for him? Yeah, I'll, I'll hop in the chat real quick All and right. see, see who's talking over here. All right. Chief Supreme, what up, man? What up? Random Andy. Oh, wait, wait. Okay, I'm catching up. I'm catching up. I'm catching up. So do me a favor. I want to, right now, drop drop your favorite movie in the chat, because I'd be interested to see, because we are going to cover my favorite movie. That just did that did that sound conceited? We're talking about we're gonna talk about me and my favorite. No. Y'all yeah, y'all drop it up. Y'all drop it right now. I want to see. I want to see. So of all the MCU movies, as you kind of kick this thing off. You watched Iron Man first. You you know you went through them in the order in which they were released. Yep. What was the one that you were like, oh damn, there is a little bit more to this? Was it was it Iron Man? Was Iron it, Man. Okay. Iron Man. They started out fantastic. Iron Man was like, I thought that first of all he told me there was like twenty four of them. Uh huh. And I was like, bruh, <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Yeah. I don't think I've watched twenty four movies in my life. Right. But um. They did a really good job at hooking me with Tony Stark. Uh, I, I think it was like <clears throat> I saw that douchebaggery mm -hmm. in him, and like the potential that there was for that evolving. And when they started evolving him, I was like, "Ooh, I love that! I love that!" So I know that Tony Stark seemed to resonate with you more than than Steve Rogers. I truly think that it's the way they presented it. I really from the get go. I think so. Because if you put it on paper, Tony Stark is, he's this like rich guy. He like, he doesn't really give a damn about people. It seems like he's kind of a douche. Yeah. He's into the fast life. Like that's not really who I am. Steve Rogers over here, homebody, always got to do what's right. Like don't let the, don't let that American flag touch the ground. Like just very good boy, true and true. Like you would think I would relate to him. Um, and later on in the series, I did, but I just I think it's how they presented it. I don't know. I don't know why. That's something so fascinating, and maybe I'm way off base by saying this. I feel like because of my maybe uh, recklessness and because of my kind of uh, self-serving nature, not so much these days, but but growing up and stuff, that I look at at Steve as being a more aspirational character 100 those things about him that i feel like resonated with me where i feel like when you say on paper like maybe there is a little bit more of steve in you and that's why when you look at tony oh, yeah. there's something magnetic about that well and like what captain america was like what he stand what he stood for civil war 
that's when I was like, all right, okay, all right, I'll hold up that shield with him. That's no pretty dope. Like, like when he was like really sticking to his guns and you know, like I, I don't know, like there's many good things about Steve Rogers about Captain America. Mm-hmm. I'm not not throwing shade on him. Um, at the end of the day, I just like Tony Stark better, and. I but it, and you never know. It could have been because I saw him in the beginning. I was right there with him to see that evolution start, yeah. and then here comes this other guy. Sure, never know. Sure, and ultimately Tony was the protagonist of the entire yeah series. Yeah, he's the through line. I mean, this he whole is. thing was about his arc and the way that that paid off. And they did the same with Steve as well. But yeah. really, Tony was the centerpiece exactly. of this whole thing. Curious, and I think we've talked about it before. Do you know what a protagonist is? Yeah. Okay. We'll explain it. Just okay. In case. So for those of you guys at home, uh, the protagonist is basically the vessel in which you experience the story. It's it's the lead character. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the antagonist is the person taking away or going at. Right? The, the, yeah, yeah, the bad okay. guy. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. break it down in the most simple terms, and even in a movie like. Uh, let me think of an example where the good guy is bad, like Wolf of Wall Street with Jordan Belfort or whatever. Um, not a good guy, but because the way the story is told, you have no choice but to take yeah. the ride yeah. from this vessel and sympathize yeah. with them. And I think that's a really interesting thing Leonardo, about movies. Leonardo crushed that role, by oh, the way. Oh, dude, so good. So good. Go yeah, ahead. no, 100%. And so I know that you and I have talked a little bit about favorite movies of yours and i can kind of see a through line between those this bygone gym moment this is something that's gotten really really big within the my friend watches community and beyond at this point it's something that people talk about often is that something is that something about movies that resonated with you prior to all of this no okay now you know like i love a good sappy quote for sure but but i never looked at movies and was like again, like again, it was a waste of time. It was literally a waste of time. Like when I would hear, when I would hear, like, like no judgment to anyone, mm-hmm. but like when I would, whenever I would hear anybody be like, "We're well, going to the movies," in my head, I'm like, "What a fucking waste of time!" <laughs> yeah, like, okay, okay. for me, uh-huh. for me. Uh-huh. Having said that, no, the bygone gym moment that came later. Like whenever Tony started dropping them, whenever Cap started dropping them, um, like that. That actually, coincidentally. The bygone gem moment started in Star Wars. So for as much shade as I throw on Star Wars, that happened from Qui-Gon Jinn. What did he say? So you do you not know this story? No. Oh my god, this is fantastic. It's new to me. Okay. All right. So in a uh, in a home far, far away, mm. we uh, started watching Star Wars, and I just couldn't keep up. Maybe I'm a simple-minded person i don't know i just could not keep up and we're jumping from planet to planet so i can't even keep track of everybody's name you know like like just introducing more and more people and bygone jim or qui-gon jinn sure and yoda and people that you know that were higher up and that had basically been in the game longer they had so much wisdom uh-huh. you know mm-hmm. so they would say these things that were you know, there were light bulb moments or they were, you Universal know, truths. Knowledge bombs, knowledge okay. bombs, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. I started latching onto that and that was honestly probably what got me through Star Wars. Okay. Was seeing that there was some value in Star Wars. Somebody's going to clip that. Um, there was some value in Star Wars. You know, the bygone gym moment was born, but I thought they were saying bygone gym, not Qui-Gon Jinn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you would. Yeah. So, I, I, And it was, it was uh, I think it might have been the fourth video that we did. 
because uh, we did every bit of Star Wars in one video. Mm. So every single movie we did in one video. Six movies, not wait, no. nine or ten movies. So how many Star Wars? There's nine now, but there was eight. Yeah, there was eight. Oh, we did wow. all eight for one. My friend watches. Oh wow! And that was the first time we ever did it. That that video laid dormant for two three months and then exploded December thirty one January first. No 1st. shit, you weren't able to remember all the names, dude. right? Oh my god, it took dude, me thirty years dude, to watch all. Every that. Wednesday we met. <laughs> <laughs> every Wednesday we met for eight weeks, so it was nonstop, and like I didn't have that time to process, right? You know, and discuss it on the internet with a bunch of fucking nerds. And again, that was my first time. Like I right. had like I didn't have like the rating in my head or like right. what was the story about. It was a bunch of lightsabers and going from planet to planet. Yeah. Um I mean I was thrust into something hardcore. But anyway, it was it was after the fact and Holden was like, "All right, so what'd you get from it? What would you like?" And I was like, "It's all crap." And uh I'll tell you what though, that uh that bygone gym dude, he had a great line and immediately he cuts me off. He's like, Qui-Gon Jinn. Qui-Gon Jinn. And I, th- I, I still screwed it up afterwards. You're like, but, yeah, Bygone Jinn. That's what but, I said. But I just got roasted in the comments. And then, uh, so that's how, it, that's how it was born. So I find that really fascinating. I guess if at its most reductive, if I were just going to be a ball buster, I would say that what you key in on is lines of dialogue that are aspirational or maybe uh, words of wisdom. And that, would you say, it's the dialogue is where you find the most value in films? Not necessarily the di- the dialogue, but the dialogue's tangible. You know, like, I can I can say, like, you know, God, I can't think of one bygone gem moment right now. In all of the bygone gem moments. Uh, to, yeah, do or do not, there, there is no I was, try. That's the one I was just thinking. <laughs> that's exactly the one I was thinking. Yoda killed it. Do or do not, there is no try. That's much more tangible than trying to explain, you know, a scene that Denzel Washington crushed that made you feel something. Okay, I get it. I 100% understand where you're coming from. And as a content creator, I feel, with you as a content creator, I feel that you have evolved to a place where you were able to key in on filmmaking techniques Correct. in something like hereditary yes even oh my god yeah walking away from the movie you didn't necessarily love it you were able to say you know the transitions the pushins, the atmosphere and all of those kind of things yeah I, I i literally feel more mature watching a movie and like i do appreciate like i appreciate hereditary from a filmmaking standpoint for the ability to create that suspense and absolutely rip your soul apart <laughs> with, with you know, not doing too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you're right. You know that was my favorite movie of 2018. You're a sick person. I know. <laughs> that movie. Oh, my God. That was so t- – that's the only movie I, ha- I haven't been able to get through in, in eight months of doing this. No, a year of doing this. It's the only one I tapped out on. So what would you say makes a movie good? Hold on. I want to get back to these guys. I asked yeah, them please, like forever please. ago. Hold on. Um, so I asked y'all to drop your your favorite movie, and I want to get back to it real quick. Thank you guys all very much yes. in the chat. We see you. We really appreciate you. I love that you guys are having conversations in there. It just means a lot that we're building a community and that we see so many familiar faces in there, including Atlas Guitar, MN Comic Books, Chief Supreme, Geisha Warrior, Vivid Cinema, Random Bandy's Channel, King of the Hills 34. I think I said that, but you get two. And so many more. So many more. I, my eyes are straining. I'm an old man. Ben Johnson said, Jeremy hasn't seen Holden Star Wars video. And then somebody, <laughs> Atlas said, hashtag cancel Jeremy. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. When, like, seriously, like, when you are a content creator, 
when when your next focus is what's coming out on this next published date, like I get I, I get no offense from if if any of the three of you pastor you holding don't watch my content because you're hustling you're working your ass off so i don't i don't feel that at all you're it, good bro it is another thing that i just admire about you so much is i'm getting a couple hundred views a video and you will hit me up and be like hey dude really good job on that video and i'm like man i'm a piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> why 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 do you say that well uh, because i guess at the time that you're watching the content of your good buddies i'm watching some fucking horror movie on shutter no. and that's where my time gets allotted to i you don't know? watch every single one of your videos no clearly not. <laughs> i wouldn't either <laughs> no no I, I i catch i catch what i can uh-huh. you know? i catch what i can uh-huh. and even if you come through and scrub it for a minute that's a lot yeah. of times that's what i do i'll go yeah. every 3 minutes listen to what's going on for a minute so that at least i I know what's going on. I know what you're up to. I see the growth and I get an idea about what it is you're working on. But at the end of the day, you're a producer, less of a consumer. Right. You know? Right. Well, I take that back. You're, you consume a hell of a lot of movies. It's a straight vodka. <laughs> so, all right. I saw somebody earlier. Um, hey, Die, what's up, girl? A Life to Die Force here. Oh, she's the best. Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street. I'm going back to John Wick. Okay. Patrick Stewart. You like John Wick? Yeah? Okay. Oh, dude, Patrick. so good. So good. <laughs> I wasn't crazy about it. Uh, Back to the Future. So that, that's that been suggested so much. That's If you don't know, I, I've seen every bit of Back to the Future. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Love that trilogy, too. The Return of the King. Which one was that? The last the of last the one. Lord of the Rings. Okay. The really fucking long one where it just keeps ending and ending and ending. We watched <laughs> the extended. Oh, man. That's tough. <laughs> that's tough. Yep. All right, I, w- I just wanted to hop back and, and see a few of y'all's. Apollo 13, that was a good one. I think Holden watched that one not too long ago. The Room, The Room was so good. One of my favorite viewings. Dude, The Room was probably one of the funnest move my friend watches we've done. Yeah, it was. Hands down. It was. I'm so happy we waited so long because I would not have had the, the, the cinema maturity to appreciate it. Yeah, that that was probably my favorite. And then watching The Disaster Artist back to back. Oh, that, that made it so much sweeter. Yeah, it really did. It really did. And on that note, guys, eventually, we're going to watch uh, Best Friends, eventually. Matt's got it. I don't even know if he remembers. You haven't, you haven't seen it? No. Oh, my God. Did you watch it? I own it. I got it for you. Best Friends. Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm, thinking of, um, I'm thinking of Will Ferrell. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Step Brothers. Step Brothers. Yeah, what is, that's not even good, close. Good talk, dude. Yeah, <laughs> nailed it. I crushed it. All right, all right, let's go back. Let's go back. You were asking the question, and I threw you off your groove. Uh, what's your favorite color? <laughs> <laughs> Purple. What were we talking about? What were we talking You were asking about? the question of what value I found in movies. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Because when you say that the bygone gem moment isn't something that's always resonated with you, and I look at a film like The Pursuit of Happiness, I see a lot of that dogged determination, that kind of forging your own path, yep. this idea of overcoming adversity, a lot of things that, that I feel would resonate with you, and yep. you were watching this prior to a lot of that other stuff. And yep. so when I ask what makes a good movie, what was it prior to all of this that made you think a movie was good? Selfishly, I'll say that it was it was relatability. Okay. Uh, very much relatability. Not necessarily how the story played out, but the constant the constant adversity and refusal to tap out. Yeah. Yeah. That is just so relatable for every human being that's working on anything, whether that's building a business, building a YouTube channel, 
being a better father. I don't give a damn. Yeah. There's something in there for everyone, but it, there's such beauty and struggle and there's such growth. Yeah, like that. There's such growth and struggle that I feel a lot of our society runs from and is taught to run away from it. Yet when you go towards struggle, that's when you truly grow as a human being, become better. And I love that shit. That's where I nerd out. And you do feel like like a movie like that. Maybe somebody is down on their luck. Maybe they're going through their own struggles. Maybe they feel like a victim of circumstance. Yes. And they see that that movie, and maybe it will uh, push them to action. Maybe it will change their perspective. That movie did... Are, are we hopping into this? Yeah, sure. Uh, it, it, the Pursuit of Happiness is my favorite movie of all time. And Since when? I think it was before the My Friend Watches series. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, the reason is, yes, it's relatable. Uh, and it's relatable not just to me, but to, to everyone. Everybody can draw something from that. But there's just so many lessons in it. There's so much, like, perspective. Like, you can watch that movie and be like, damn, I've never been there. You know, like, I've never slept in a bathroom right. with my child. Right. You know, so that immediately gives you perspective. You you saw in the movie that he had gratitude. You know, there were moments where he actually had a little bit of money to be able to buy his kids something at the gas station. There was gratitude in that moment. The the willingness to trust when he gives his future boss the the last $5 he has in order to even get home he didn't look for that to be returned he he trusted right he handed that away lo and behold it came back yeah there's just so many damn lessons in it there's so much good from it and it's based on a true story and then on the flip side of that you look at a franchise like like John Wick and there's none of those things in it. But on the flip side of that, I would just present to you that like, if what you're looking for is those moments of, of overcoming adversity, maybe there's other types of people that are looking for who can break the most bones in 15 yeah. minutes in a movie or how well did they execute the stunts or, you know, like, or in Star Wars, how good were the special effects? So I feel like there's something to be said that everybody is looking for something a little different in their entertainment, and none are right or wrong. A thousand percent. And so if you sit me down and you're like, all right, Matt, we're going to watch this or we're going to watch this. If you give me something that is going to give me more of those knowledge bombs, bygone gym moments, you're going to have moments of triumph, all that, I'm going to pick that most of the time for yeah. sure. Yeah, From a super, like very, you know, superficial, not really looking for that, I don't mind like action and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I don't like how they did it in John Wick. Okay. That was just okay. the style of it I didn't like. And I know everybody liked the style. Uh-huh. You know, it just like I it just wasn't my thing. Like when I growing up, I did like Fast and the Furious the first one. Mm -hmm. You look back at that now, it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. You They're know? all ridiculous. You know, like flying cars and whatnot, but like yeah, so I don't know. I don't want to make it seem like I'm not going to enjoy a movie if it's not this deep. No. Holy crap. Right. You know, but mm -hmm. that's definitely where I resonate for sure. That to totally makes sense to me. I, I think that there's a lot of movie, uh, excuse me, a lot of movie goers that really um, are character driven Char character people. Driven, sure. They want to uh, feel and empathize with the characters, and I think that's a hundred percent valid for yeah. me. I can I can switch lanes from time to time and and say, hey, they did that thing really good, yeah. or they did that thing really good. Um, but when you look at a movie like The Pursuit of Happiness, and, and it's something that you said is, is your, your favorite movie, 
um, is there? Did you go out and seek out other Will Smith movies because of that? Did you go seek out other true stories because of that? I will. I will tell you that if you're just now hopping in the chat, got 51 of you here. What's up? What? We're, we're deep in this conversation. Just wanted to say, hey, we love you. Nice. It absolutely changed my perspective on Will Smith. Okay. His delivery. I don't think there's anything that he did, anything but flawless. I think he absolutely crushed it. Yeah, he's fantastic. Um, so yeah, I will say that like it made me look at him much more and other films for him. But was that your ultimate question? Yeah, yeah. That's. I was just kind of curious about if you found something that you liked in that thing, did you try to carry any of those elements over to find some, seek something else out that might have those same uh, virtues in them? So when you say that, do you mean like, do I now look for movies? A that Will may bring Smith up? movie, even like if a new Will Smith movie, would you be like, I love the Pursuit of Happiness. I'm going to check that out. Yeah, I think so. Cool. I, I, I think he. Yeah, he has a leg up for sure. I don't know for sure, and I might be wrong, but is the Black Panther your favorite Marvel movie? Standalone movie, mm -hmm. like you, you put them all up and say um, this is a standalone movie. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. What is it about it? The entire movie is wrapped up in 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 the speech he gives the at the end. At the end. Yeah. Every yeah. bit of it is wrapped up in those words. He also delivered it incredibly and. God, it sucks. R.I.P. Chadwick Boseman. God, Absolutely. Just, I hate it so much. I hate it so much. But um, you did an incredible job, good sir. Mm -hmm. He, um, the way he delivered that entire thing, the amount of honor that was in that character, and just all of that, there was just so much good and unity and talking about like it was. I feel like it was one of the most grand of of like people. Is that if that makes sense? Because yeah. in that speech, he talks about how. We should, you know, love our neighbors. And there was so many things in it of talking about separation and, you know, racism. And there, ah, there's so many friggin' parallels. And it's, it's very interesting. It's very interesting because for, uh, on one hand, we talked about the protagonist and the antagonist. When you look at Killmonger, Michael B. Yeah. Jordan's character. Yeah, he crushed it. Man, like I God. feel that. You know what I yeah. mean? Like I felt that so much. And then to see how... Uh, T'Challa felt that and implemented that into his life and talk about growth and like yeah. mental fitness and fortitude and, yep. and to be able to say, hey, like maybe we've been doing this wrong. And I don't want to veer too far off into current events and topicality. It was my phone. It's it was your good. phone? Um, <laughs> I love how you tried to play it off. I'm like, oh, no, what was that? <laughs> um, isolationism. Uh, in particular, in context of what's happening, what was happening in Wakanda compared to what's happening in America, okay. do you feel that entertainment inherently leans toward a certain political spectrum? And if that's the case, do you feel that there needs to be more balance of perspective in that way? I'm trying to say this in as vague a way as possible without just getting super on the nose politically, but um, this 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 idea of isolationism versus globalism, just as a very typical uh, example of should Wakanda keep our resources here and focus all of our energy and keeping Wakanda great, or should we share this technology with the world in hope of making the world a better place, which is a much more 
aligns with a certain ideology. Yeah. Do you feel like that kind of um, that kind of conversation always works on an emotional human level, or do you feel that it gets too political? I guess. Ultimately, I think that you have to have the conversation. I mean, too political or not, when we stop conversing is when we stop growing. Yeah. It's when we stop understanding. Uh, I mean, and again, not to be too on the nose about it. Yeah, yeah. But I've never experienced some of those things. Right. Uh, but my inability to listen, I'll never be able to understand. So, yeah, that's a very good point. That's a very good point. And um, I guess I just ask that question a lot because it, it feels like uh, people like Chris Pratt can um, can almost be villainized. I don't know if you know about this, but because he is a Christian, there are a lot of people who are like, fuck that guy. He's a, he's a bigot or whatever because the church that he goes to might ne not necessarily have the most progressive ideas about uh, – homosexuality or whatever the thing is. Mm -hmm. So it seems like there is a lot of being loud and proud as long as you feel the same way as the the larger group. So basically you're saying being persecuted for your opinions or beliefs. As, as if your beliefs don't align with what the bigger uh, consensus is in the world of entertainment specifically. So are you saying that that should be there or should not be I don't know. I guess I'm just I, because the truth of the matter is I'm a little bit I'm, I'm definitely uh, a progressive. I, I don't hate the idea of social uh, socialism. I, I, I am a pretty radical progressive. So a lot of times those stories resonate with me. Like I like the idea of Wakanda opening up to the world yep. and sharing sure. with, with everybody around. And that was the thing that really resonated with me. But the people who feel the other way. Do you think they feel marginalized when they go see movies and entertainment like that? I think, I think, yeah, because I think that there's automatically a defense with with someone that, and this is no shade. If it's how you believe, then yeah. right on. But um, there's automatically a defense for someone that feels that they have to hold on to these resources to, to like, you know, I'm gonna get mine before you get yours. Like, if you help other people, they got your back as well. Mm -hmm. um, there's such a defense from that side that you're talking about. There's such a, I don't know if it's an insecurity. I don't know if it's whatever it is. It's unfortunate that, that it is the way it is. It's a lack of trust almost. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we, we can move past that. I'm just, I asked that a little bit lately because I do feel like, um, there's a, uh, a battle between the entertainment industry and then all of the people that don't necessarily subscribe to it. But that was never your, your thing. You weren't like, ah, Oh this God, stuff. No. it's all so so. Oh my God! So I I will thank my parents to the to the day I die that I am, I am preposterously ignorant to politics. We've talked a little bit about this. It is like I can't even define socialism. Like I cannot define the terms. I really can't. Um, it gives me beautiful perspective. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, imagine. It, I cannot stand the actual labels because right when you label, right when you say like, I'm a whatever, you're immediately separating yourself from others. That is actually really good perspective to have. A lack of perspective ultimately yeah. ends up I'm being ignorant as hell. better perspective. But it it's, makes it's you true. more intelligent in a weird way I, I just like and i know again I, you you pull me out of here whenever you're ready because i don't want to get it no, too political okay. but like 
I, I, I truly believe that either side you're on, it's both of you aren't a hundred percent correct, and both of you aren't a hundred percent wrong. Yep. Uh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. That sounds like a cop out almost, but it's so true. Like neither one is going to be perfect. So I I have actually never identified as being on the left or being on the right or whatever. Like I don't want to label what it is. I honestly don't know how I would define myself. That's a good thing. I that, really that's don't. Absolutely a good thing, especially as as tribal as things have gotten lately. I commend you a hundred percent for that. We've got a uh, super chat from Go Grand Guru, one dollar ninety nine cents. Have you seen The Dark Knight? I loved The Dark Knight. All right, Joaquin Phoenix or Heath Ledger? Joaquin. Yeah. Is it Joaquin or uh-huh. is it Joaquin? Joaquin? I thought it was Joaquin. I don't know. Joaquin. Yeah, I, th- I th- yeah I think it's Joaquin. Wait, Joaquin. Are you talking about for Joker? Uh huh. I don't. That's, that's fucking tough. That's apples to oranges. Yeah, yeah, Th- it that's, is. I don't. I don't. I don't think that's a fair comparison. Like that's. Those is are. Is it like who would win in a fight? Which one would you rather hang out with? <laughs> okay. Which one's the? Well, so what's the question then? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, okay. Let's just look at it in terms of. Damn, that's which is a better performance. That's real tough. Which is a better performance? Joaquin. Damn. Yeah, that's tough. I, no, it's. He gets more to do. The amount of, of like depth that you have to have to do what he did. You know that scene where he's dancing behind the curtains and the curtains uh, slowly open. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was shot forty-five times apparently. Really? Yeah. Wow. Just and and that's all he did. He just danced. Like that was it. Just that how he was able to convey the, those emotions through dance as an actor. He's yeah. not a dancer. Yeah. Um. The, the depth of, of that, of him, he crushed it. So I know that's a movie that resonated with you. I love, I, up until Black Panther, that was my favorite My Friend Watches that we had done. So, you know, like compare the Joker or Joker to Hereditary. They both are just soul crushing as far as the themes that no. they were. Did you not see Joker that way? I loved Joker. I thought Joker was uplifting. I thought it was beautiful. Expand. How how is it uplifting? I had never seen that story in my life. And I would have never seen that story had that movie not been put out. To me that movie was so much more about mental health mm. and the lack of resources, the lack of understanding, the judgment and persecution without understanding. That shit was being talked about. That was gorgeous. That gave, that shed so much light. Of course, his story was tragic, yes, but the ability and what it did and what conversations it started. Ah, yeah. Holy hell! Outside of the context of what you're seeing in the film done to that character, it opens up the broader discussion about why that system, how how why people slip through the cracks that? like that. Yeah, I was I was literally excited afterward. Holden was like, I feel so depressed. I'm like, this shit was great. Let's do it again. No shit. It was so good. Well, and fascinatingly, I would imagine, in my perspective, Hereditary is very similar thematically as far as that deterioration of mental wellness. Granted, the family in Hereditary were obviously much more well-to-do, Yeah. but it's still thematically True. about generational mental illness and how it can affect the family all the way down the line. I, I guess I'll be flat-out honest with Hereditary is that it was... It was of such a graphic nature, and it was so visceral that 
it literally was bad for my mental health. For me. Yeah. For me. Okay. Who I am. Uh-huh. I know that the amount that I can take at that time is that there's a limit. Like there is a limit to what I can actually handle. Um, and again, that's for like my own well being. Um, you know, you see a child, uh, spoilers, spoilers, yeah, right yeah. here. You see a child get her head lopped off and then her mother walks to find it the following day. That's real difficult. Yeah. I mean, it's. Yeah. And done in just such a, a confrontational way. Like, yes. It doesn't make it easy on you. It doesn't do anything to like no. pad it out to where you're getting the implication, but you yes. don't see it. Like, no, it's it's all on the screen. But yeah, I wonder what it is about that movie that resonates with me so much. If it's not from the technical level and just the way that everything is just so tightly constructed and so tightly wound, and the way that they use the miniatures of the houses so to give like this omnipresent view, like an outsider looking yep. into this intimate, intimate situation that nobody ever gets a look into. I had never seen that done. Mm. Had you? Uh, no, no, not in that no? way. Definitely not in that way. That was. Yeah, it was genius. Um, I, you know, I've seen a, a myriad of reactions uh, to the way that you did or didn't watch that movie. And back to the conversation about Star Wars, dude, if you would just, if you would come into it and try to please everybody, this series would have never succeeded the way that it did. If you would have heard people love hereditary and you're like, Oh fuck, I guess I got to love hereditary. Yeah, and you no. watch it and you're like, it was great. Well then you're, yeah. what are we even doing? Yeah, you know no. what I mean? So yeah. Um, I, I mean, one thing that I've always wanted to do, no, no. One thing that I will always do is I, I will always be truthful. I'll always put out honest content. I refuse to put out content that placates for views that, placates for the audience that i mean if you're if, if you lose your word then what are you bro i did a uh, reaction video for the uh, avengers age of ultron the trailer you know this was years ago and i didn't record it so i was like shit so i rewatched it and i did a reaction to it and i uploaded it and the whole thing's a fucking lie <laughs> but that's kind of the nature i wonder about that sometimes it's like and maybe this is getting a little too existential, but social media in general and YouTube as a platform, a lot of it's an illusion. And I think a lot of people kind of enjoy being the, the, the sleight of hand trick. I think they, they kind of enjoy the, the magic trick because I think production in general um, is like that filmmaking, anything, it's all manipulated. It's like what they're getting through the lens what is authentic mean, as we try to be. What do you mean they enjoy the magic trick? People want to be fooled because I don't oh, think okay. they want okay. me to take the webcam into the bathroom and take a shit. Okay. You know what I'm saying? They don't sure. want the real real. They just want a, a portion of the real that's digestible. I think there's room for both. For me to take with the camera in there and shit? There's always there's <laughs> always something good there. <laughs> Maybe, but yeah, that, that's something that I think about sometimes. And I, I feel like it is that's the same point. about movies, but everything, like you don't see what's going on on either side. Which we talked we talked about that before we hopped on mm -hmm. here, actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and there's a lot of depression and anxiety and things that that are more prevalent with this generation with the young people because they see influencers that are sipping fancy drinks on the islands and they see people 
projecting only the best parts of themselves. And I'm not talk talking about me and you. Yeah, I'm yeah. just saying influencer culture in general. And they're like, my life could never measure up to this. But what they don't understand is when there's not somebody snapping the camera, they're not necessarily smiling. Was that so? Were you just saying that that was speaking to what social media has done? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I don't agree with that. Okay. I, I understand what you're saying. No, get out. That's what <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I think that that shit was prevalent before. Okay. But that's fair. But now it's just tangible. Back in the 50s, you know, you could afford, like, I don't, I can't even speak the language because I wasn't there, obviously, but, you know, he was. He was able to go to the diner, see? Like, was that the, was that the time <laughs> yeah, frame? I don't perfect, know. Perfect. Like, he was able to go to the diner with the girl and whatnot, and I can't afford shit. So, like, I think that's always been around. Right. It's just now it is, it's much more obvious. We have that distribution of being able to see it is so much easier. I think that's a lot of the value that you bring. I, and I think in a different way, the kind of realness that I want to offer people is to is to just say that everybody does struggle a, a little bit at different times. Percent. I think that yes. giving people that perspective hopefully makes them feel more normal and more okay with the fact that they're not alone jet setting and alone yeah yeah, and yeah, yeah 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 all those things all those things and that boils down to perspective mm. like that is a thousand percent perspective and that's something that i cover on my channel actually that uh, i've never had a good relationship with money up until now um it's the best it's ever been and for just many reasons and uh, that out of respect i won't get into uh, not because i don't want to say it yeah but um Having said that, I I said that money didn't buy happiness, but I don't think I believed it. Right. right. Um, you know, I, I I did that comparison game at one point in my life, and I was miserable. Now that I just look in the mirror, I am fucking happy. You've helped me with that shit a bunch because, yeah. yes, that comparison to the life of other people that might not even be attainable due to whatever limitations you have – that can be poison. It can just get inside you and just, it's like cancer. It eats away at you from inside, you know? I truly feel that comparing yourself to another human being and then feeling that you are lesser or greater can kill you. Yeah. I yeah. really do. Long term, if you play that comparison game, you're going to lose. Um, quick question from Go Grand Guru. Thank you very much for the 199 super chat. I don't recognize your name, so good to meet you. I don't either. Yeah, and I'm thank really you. Glad to see you in here for and contributing. Um, top three favorite and top three annoying Christmas songs. Wow, that would take a second, but uh, top three favorite. I really like uh, the All I Want for Christmas Is You by Mariah Carey, and I fucking hate Santa Baby. <laughs> Hurry down the chimney tonight. All right, so I want to first start this off. By saying I love Michael Jackson, yeah, he's one of the greatest to ever Where hold a are we microphone. Going with this? He is one of the greatest to ever hold a microphone. Uh huh. And when he was a kid, he could sing his ass off. Uh huh. But he got screwed on one of his songs. Which one? There's one song where he's talking about he's he's pretty sure that his his mom is cheating on his dad. <laughs> he's talking about adultery and Christmas. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. I, I know it was lighthearted. I know that's uh -huh. not what it meant, uh -huh. but that's what I hear every it's single time. I, that's good. what I hear every single time. 
I like it's that. so funny. <laughs> it's so funny to me. So I, I I don't get those warm feelings from it. <laughs> so that's I saw a mama kissing Santa Claus for those of you I folks just, that don't know. Snap keep videos in the chat. What's happening, Pastor? How are you, brother? He says, Heath Ledger, don't feel obligated. Your support is everything. Wait, what? We missed something there, but no. I appreciate the uh, insight. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Snap Keep kind of lost my brain there for a second. Yikes. Oh, Prime in the chat. What's up, you What's guys? up, man? What's so up? So glad you stopped by. Peeps from the My Friend Watches up in here in the I chat. I know. I love it. I love it. Thank it you. is so cool. A great question, by the way. Maybe we'll expand upon that a little bit as the Christmas season starts to roll around. Yeah. But I did say that I was going to allow a little bit of time for some viewer questions to nice. ask Matt some stuff here at the end of the podcast. Heck yeah. I got a couple from the Discord. I got a couple from Patreon. So I wanted to go ahead and start this off with Daryl. You know okay. Daryl? You probably know Daryl. Daryl's good people. You got a lot. Well, no. Ask Matt if he has any movies that he feels might have been good for his mental health. Maybe something from his childhood or youth that elicits either a warm sense of nostalgia gotcha. or fun, and you can't reuse answers from prior. That's fine. Okay. No, that's fine. Uh, so there were some movies growing up that I watched with my family that to this day, nostalgia all over it, dripping with nostalgia. Home Alone 1 and 2. Nice. Good choices. Oh, my God. Christmas Vacation. Love it. Trains, Planes, and Automobiles. Fantastic. Tommy Boy. Oh, yeah. Black Sheep. Uh, liar, Liar. Okay. Um, the Mask. Oh, dude. Are you a, are you an old Adam Sandler fan, like Waterboy or uh, Happy Gilmore, Happy Bill Gil Madison? Happy Gilmore. Um, let's see. Wait a minute. He, I was thinking old school. He wasn't in old school. Those are all really good choices. Yeah, those are all dripping with nostalgia. Do you watch, Do you revisit them? The Mighty Ducks, uh, A Christmas Story. Yes. Love Christmas yes. Story. Yeah, e every year. Um, Christmas Vacation I'll watch year-round. Yeah. yeah. It, it just, I mean, we watch that. Uh, if you mention A Christmas Story, uh, if you mention... Christmas, Christmas vacation around my dad. He will tell you the same story every single time. It was 1989. Your mother was pregnant with you. We had watched it on December 9th when it came out. You were born on December 11th. Are you? Is this all anecdotal or is this the this actual is, story? This is the actual Holy story. Shit. All yes. Right, all right. Yes. And he will tell you that every single time. That's awesome. Like there, there's all of those movies dripping with nostalgia. All holiday movies. Well, no. You said Tiny Ducks and Tommy Boy. Yeah. Yeah, Black Sheep, yeah. And there's a few other outliers, mm -hmm. but those are the ones that just pop. All awesome choices. All awesome choices. Abbas B. Hey. Sad times, I probably will be asleep. Yeah, it is sad times. Sad times for you that you're missing this amazing yeah. conversation. Watch the uh, playback. <laughs> but I do have a question for Matt. What movie surprised him the most? Hope you have a good stream. What movie surprised you the most? Maybe one that you thought was going to stink and you loved it or vice versa? I think The Room. The Room was just so shocking. I love that answer. The Room was so shocking. Because y'all couldn't help but tell me some of the pieces. And it just... I didn't know where it was going. <laughs> it didn't go many places, does the, it? <laughs> the movie just... I could not understand the direction. <laughs> so to not understand the direction, and to be so like ignorant of cinema, and to still come out on the other side and find value in it, that's just hilarious. Like I just didn't see it coming. 
everything about that movie, like all the behind the scenes stuff, like the fact that Tommy bought a video, video camera and a film camera Digital, yeah, yeah, yeah. and just set them up next to each other and film the entire thing. For it's no insane. reason. <laughs> it's insane. That's I love it. Yeah. yeah that's that's, surprised, really that's surprised the hell out of me. All right. Uh, this one is from Chief Supreme, and then we got one more after this. Cool. At Mr. B. Terrible, my question would be, do you like, for you, Matt, do you like Goon better than Black Panther or any other good movies he's watched on the My Friend Watches series? See, I think that I don't think you can compare those two either. It's uh, a good point. Different things. There's such comedy in Goon. Granted, yes, it does have that uh, grit, get up, uh, you know, dust your dust the blood off your shoulders and keep fighting type thing. Um, which Black Panther has that, but it, those are such different. If you just said subjectively, you got to pick one. I love comedy, man. I pick comedy almost, um, but I think I would have to go with Black Panther. Goon is Goon um, will creep up on you because it is a comedy and it's got uh, cry my damn eyes out every time at that movie. Yeah, it's so good. What's his name? Uh, something Scott. He played Stifler in yes. the American Pie movies. Yes. That movie should have made him a breakout star. He, I it can't believe so it didn't good. do more. Uh-huh. I think it's because Americans don't give a damn about hockey. That's a very good point. <laughs> well, and it's brutal as fuck, but so is hockey. Yeah. But, yeah. dude, there are, like, teeth flying and slow motion and blood. Like, I, that is a great movie. And I take that back. I know there's some Boston and there's some Red Wing fans who are like, you mother... <laughs> like, I get it. I get it. Like, we love hockey. But, like, if that if had been football, he'd have won. Yeah. He'd have won. That's a really good point. Um... Yeah, like, by the way, I, I played hockey a little bit, and it is brutal, for sure, but those people would have had so many concussions. And oh, like, man. Like, I think they, they, they hammed it up just a little too much. Did you have enforcers on your team? Is that a thing? I, yeah, but I was too young. I, like, I was, I don't I was I wasn't even driving. I was like twelve. I didn't know or that was a thing until I saw Goon. Yeah. And I was like, they hire guys to go in there and beat percent. the fuck out of the other guys. They don't guys. give a damn if you can score or not. <laughs> yeah. And what's what's really interesting Nuts. what's really interesting, not that you give a damn about hockey, but like I do. Do you really? Well, I'm talking to you about it. I oh, know. okay. <laughs> it's interesting, like the the way things are going with concussions and whatnot, like the league of like NHL is trying to phase the enforcer out when the enforcer is actually shown to make the game safer that well because if you don't have this source on the ice that is the defense the literal defense of you knocking the hell out of the center or the captain the guy that can score um everybody's just gonna run run around knocking each other's heads off at everybody's will. A everybody's target. a target ah, so when you have that when you have that enforcer the game is actually safer I've always just been so. I'm getting blown go away. I'm getting goosebumps <laughs> talking about hockey. I fucking love hockey. That's awesome, nerd. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, fucking nerd. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, all right, and this one is from NM Comic M in Comic Books, who's here in the chat or was just hey. a little bit ago. Uh, thank you guys so much for submitting questions. If you do have any other ones, we're gonna take just a couple of minutes. We're gonna wrap this thing up probably about seven forty-five. So if you do have any you want to shoot in, I'll try to make sure to catch them. But this this last question that I have here says, "What made him yes? Excuse me. What made him say yes to being a part of the My Friend Watches?" Why did he agree to do it in the first place, not being a fan of movies? I think that's a great question. That is a great question. I appreciate I appreciate all the questions. It was twofold. There was a selfless and a selfish piece to it. I just wanted to be involved with Holden Hartman. I loved who he was through the screen. I just wanted to be involved in whatever he was doing. I wanted to help him 
in any way I could. I truly believe that all of us as creators, whether you're in the My Friend Watches, if you know me, if you don't know me, I believe that if you can help someone else get what they want, it's going to give you the ability to go after what you want. Um, so there was that selfless, selfish piece. And then there was also that that part of wanting to understand why y'all love what you love. And it it is absolute, it's 1,000% helped me understand your language. And it honestly, like, again, selfishly, I think it's helped grow me. It's helped me become a better creator. It's helped me learn how to storytell. It's helped me translate. It's helped me convey the message that I so desperately want to convey. Uh, movies have done so damn much for me in the past year. Is there anything specifically about fans that you've come to have a deeper understanding as a byproduct of all of this you mean fans that are where you used to not understand what it was that made people watch movies um now that you oh, yeah. have been immersed in it is there something yeah like a big takeaway yeah so for me as you know i f if a movie can make me feel something you you got me you, you pretty much got me if you can make me feel it if you can if you can show me that there was passion put into it I, I feel it. So now now knowing that feeling, maybe it's a little different for for you or for somebody that loves Spider-Man or whatever. Maybe it's not the same like I got to have that, that bygone gym moment. Maybe it's just like nostalgia or man, he just looks real cool doing that. Yeah, yeah. They get that same warm feeling, that same feeling of goosebumps that I get. So like that helps me with that translation. That helps me appreciate Spider-Man. That helps me understand it helps me speak that language and obviously you guys not to put it you know all in your hands but you guys have also contributed greatly to when, this because without the community none of this no. works you no. know I, what i'm doing with with my content specifically it would mean nothing without the people there yeah uh, i mean I, of course i would continue to do it i'm not saying i do it for the views but if it's not impacting people, if I'm not benefiting other people, then what the hell am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you guys are just such a pivotal part Seriously. of the journey. And it is so cool to see how this this love of pop culture has grown into something. I mean, uh, tangible, like you said earlier. Yeah. It's like we're all kind of growing together. And yeah. that, that means a lot to I know it does to myself. I'm sure it does to Matt as oh well. God, yeah. I got a four ninety nine super chat from King of the Hills thirty four, and this is going to be the last. I'll one. get you. I'll get you. Question of both of you: Do you guys feel that the chemistry between the core group has grown outside of the My Friend Watches itself? That's a damn good question. I'll let you go first. Uh yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Um, Matt came and hung out with me for my birthday. We went and, and got some uh some hibachi and some Korean barbecue. That's and good stuff. I've gotten to be pretty close with both Matt and Jenna. Yeah. Uh, I consider them friends, not just that illusion that we were talking about on camera. But yes, it yeah. is. It has definitely bled into our lives. Pastor and I, we talk all the time about horror movies. He's come over and co-hosted trivia with me. Holden and I are going out tomorrow night. I've known him for years and, and collaborated. And, and yes, I feel like uh, through adversity... All the way back, dude, to that very first time that we did the escape room. I feel that through adversity and through um, any sort of challenge that you overcome together, yeah. and there are many, 
yeah. it, it, it makes the bond stronger. And, yeah. and so, yeah, I, I think 100% we are all closer. You know, and Jeremy and I were talking about uh, talking a little bit about this, and I know that I know that Holden won't care. I know Pastor won't care. Like, this road behind the scenes has not been flawless. Uh, you know, when you're when you're around friends constantly and planning and you know when you're working with four creators working with schedules you know you're tired like it hasn't been perfect and that should never be the expectation right uh it absolutely has forced us all to grow at the end of the day like if you know if scheduling happened or somebody misunderstood the inflection of the word or whatever and like you son of a bitch what'd you say like we're growing in that right there knowing that like we love what the hell we're doing we love each other like nobody has any malicious intent so let's work through whatever the hell it is yep you know absolutely and families like that yeah that's a thousand percent what it feels like husbands and wives are like yeah. that it's like if you don't have <clears throat> those trying moments and you have nothing to to, to grow past and I, I think it is definitely you know uh strengthen the bond my, my mom has always said um the diamond days wouldn't seem so perfect if not for the rock days. Oh, man. I was like, that's some bygone shit. 100%. So Thank good. you guys so much for stopping by. Before we wrap this thing up, Matt, how do the folks find you on social media and YouTube? You can find me at Matt Lane Fitness on every single platform. Uh, and if you're feeling squirrely, just want to talk fitness, shoot me an email, mattlanefitness at gmail.com. I'm over on the TikTok and the YouTubes and the podcast and all the blah, blah, blah. All that stuff is going to be in the description down below. Make sure you guys click this like button while you're here on the channel. Subscribe if you want to stay up to date with all of the terrible content, but you got to click the notification bell because otherwise, and even if you do, most of the notifications aren't going to come through because YouTube hates me. But I love you guys, <laughs> and y'all are so awesome for stopping by. Make sure to come back by Thursday, 6 p.m. CST for Movies Are Terrible Live with Caleb, where we're going to talk some movie-related stuff. And until next time, and on behalf of both of us, be terrible. All right, podcast is over. I appreciate you being here. Now it's time to subscribe up. If you're not, hit the subscribe button. If you want to hear an episode every Tuesday at 5.30 Central Standard Time, it's here. It'll be here if you show up. This has been the Better Than Yesterday Everyday Podcast. We want to thank you for listening and invite you to subscribe to the show as well. And follow Matt Lane Fitness on YouTube. Until next time, you don't have to be perfect. Just be better than yesterday every day.